It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807 on a Saturday morning. Welcome, friends. Here's where you get all the good information about gardening that you will be doing later today and this weekend and this week and this month. Because it's spring. It's warming up. It's up now, well, 36 degrees. It was 35 when we came in this morning, but it's going to be in the mid-60s this afternoon. And if you need to know exactly what you need to do in your landscape or with your trees or flowers or shrubs or lawn or houseplants or anything else, our number is easy to remember, 404-872-0750. A big shout-out now to a listener who called in and who knew exactly what a caller was talking about, and I just didn't quite catch it. Greg Clifton, my friend down in Fayette County, says, you know, the guy that was looking for some hedging that he needed to screen off between his house and the road, and he talked about something silver that had long branches that drooped down. It was Eliagnus. That's exactly what it is. It even has a common name of silver thorn. Eliagnus, a very common hedging plant. Greg Clifton knew what it was and gave us a shout-out or, or a hint online or just a minute ago. We called Asher to tell her, and I do appreciate that. Greg, thanks for listening so closely and playing what would Walter say or do in this particular situation? Scott is in Winder, Georgia. Scott joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Well, good morning, Walt. I have purchased and installing several very small trees, anywhere from, say, 12 inches to maybe up to 4 feet. Yeah. Is it permissible to begin trimming up these trees and shaping them, being so tender, or do I need to leave them completely alone for the first year or so before they start to get established? Oh, boy, what a great question. Um, what kind of trees are they, Scott? Well, it's a combination of Japanese maples, uh, some hybrid dogwoods, uh, some black gums, uh, some varieties of maples. Yeah. Um, really, just a hodgepodge of different trees. You are smarter than 90% of the bears out there. Let's put it this way. If you look at these trees and you can see problems now, the tree is not going to be able to prune itself. And you are the man who is going to help to do it, who train them. And training is exactly what you do early in a tree's life. You can even train Bradford pears so they don't split apart when they're 12 or 15 years old. If you start early and these uh, various dogwoods and maples and everything else that you have there, if you see limbs that are growing real closely to each other, one needs to go. If you see two trunks that are both trying to reach for the sky, one needs to go, or at least perhaps chopped off by half to shorten it so that the other one that's more vertical can be allowed to become okay. the leader on the tree. It you know, doesn't do us much of any good right now for me to try to go through each one and you describe it, but it's mm -hmm. certainly the time to do it now. It's okay. a wise thing to do right now. I'll leave it to your good judgment, Scott, as to how much and which you want to do right now. Similar question. These trees are young and tender. If they should leaf out before the first or the last frost is done for the season, do I need to cover them? Can a, can a frost kill a very young tree if they bud out too soon? Rarely. Rarely. If okay. I mean, if Kirk had some crazy thing and he came on and said, well, it's going to be five degrees tonight. Okay, Scott, out with, the, out with the plastic and the cardboard boxes right. and sheets, yeah. Um, but I don't think Kirk is predicting 5 degrees, and down to the mid to high 20s should be no problem at all. In fact, the tree really should not even leaf out. only reason they might leaf out is that they had been held at a nursery in a greenhouse or something and were really tender, but that doesn't sound like your situation. 
Thank you so much for your time, Walt. Have a good day. It's a pleasure, Scott. Thanks for calling. Comes, uh, hey, today's forecast. Today's forecast. Sunny is in Marietta. Enjoys us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sunny. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? I have um, rental property that I had a bunch of trees cut down on last year, and I've already had all the uh, roots removed and everything and killed all the grass that was on there, which was a total mess. And I'm getting ready to sell it either this year or probably next. Yeah. But I wanted to get the most bang out of the buck at the least price I could, so I'm thinking about seeds and not sod because sod would be too expensive for me. Sure. Uh, the house is in full sun, and um, I do have a real mower that Ooh. I can use over there. Um, and I've already prepped the ground. Uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and spray it again pretty soon to kill the rest of the weeds that are still remaining. All right. But I'll have it all nice and ready. So, so let me ask you a, you a really operative question, Sonny. How much are you going to rent the house for? Well, it's already rented right now. It's a thousand. Well, it's actually usually rents for twelve hundred a month. For these people, I've got a thousand dollars right now. So this is this is not a really high end house. This is a middle income, something like that. It's not low income. No, it's one hundred eighty five to two hundred thousand dollars house. Yeah. Okay, middle income. Um, You have two choices. Two choices. If you were, if say this was a really high end house that you were, it was a four hundred thousand dollar house. You're renting for a couple thousand a month. Then I would go with one of the higher. Excuse me, higher end Bermuda seas like Princess 77. They're really green, really nice, a little bit more expensive than other Bermuda seeds, and a little bit harder to find. But Princess 77 is a really nice green Bermuda seed. Um, on the other hand, a middle income house, I'm going to go down with just any regular Bermuda grass seeds you want to buy, like Sahara, uh, Yuma, there are two or three more out there, and they would do fine. They won't be quite as deep green, but they will cost you less to spread the seed. And if you want to experiment a little bit, Zenith Zoysia is a seed, seeded Zenith, comes out pretty quickly and is a possibility as well. So you have seeded Bermudas, you have seeded zoysias, and it just sort of depends on how much care you can do to prepare the soil. You already started the right way. You're killing all the weeds there. I wouldn't plant any of these seeds, frankly, until first of May, probably sunny. We need to be really nice and warm to get the seeds to germinate quickly. Right. Well, the Zenith zoysia was my number one choice. Great. So you good. think that's good, huh? I do. It's a great choice. Great seed. All right. And then I'm a little confused. I, I looked at the moon and the <laughs> the temperature of all this stuff online. After yeah. having read your information online, I will contact seedland.com, okay. which you had mentioned at one time or another, to get these seeds. And so I'm trying to do this thing right. And it, so I targeted May the 15th as my date. Is that too early for no, this, or do you think I should wait That is just June? jam up perfect right there. Right there, good. Nice warm soil temperatures is not likely to be real dry. Yeah, you'll be fine. Okay, great. Well, I think you've answered my question. Thank you so much, Walter. Hey, Sonny. Thanks so much for calling. All right, bye-bye. We got Eric, who's waiting online in Douglasville, Georgia, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Eric, good morning. Morning. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right. What's up, Eric? I'm looking at planting some uh, peach trees. Yeah. And I got some old oaks I've cut down. I haven't had a chance to get them ground down all the way. was wondering, they're cut all the way down to the ground. was wondering if it was okay to plant the peach trees 
Uh, not too close, but close to the old uh, stumps. Come on, Eric. Give me a foot. How many feet away are you going to plant it? Uh, I was thinking about maybe three feet. That's too close. <laughs> How big is the stump that was cut down? I got one of them that's ground down pretty close, yeah. and I got another one that, that's pretty big. Yeah. And I was thinking about planting two peach trees. What we did, we rented a small stump grinder, and it was, yeah. Dug it it was too much there. for the stumps. All right, here's, here's the problem. Peaches have enough problems on their own growing in Georgia and not being, you know, having all these diseases and sprays and things you have to do to them to get peaches. And to plant them next to a ground-out oak stump means that they're also going to be competing for nitrogen in the soil. And they need nitrogen. Peach trees have to have nutrients in the soil. And all the fungi that are out there breaking down those chips that you ground up with your stump grinder, they're looking for nitrogen too. And they'll starve your peach trees three feet away. And that's going to be a very yellow peach tree for the next couple of years. How far does it need to be? I, I got I got a place in the yard that it slopes down yeah. where I guess it might get more water that I could do that area. And you can be. mound things up a little bit to keep the water from drowning the roots of the peach tree. So it would be great if you could be 10 feet away from those stumps because there's less likelihood of all those chips being mixed in with the soil when you plant it 10 feet away than there is when you plant it 3 feet away. Yeah. And I've also, I don't remember if this is true or not, you said before to uh, cut all the limbs off before you plant them. I didn't say all of them, I said some of them. <laughs> uh, what I say is that a peach tree needs to be cut off at belt buckle height the day you plant it. So anything above that is good? Anything, well, if you leave, the reason I say that, let's just explain why. Why do you cut a peach tree down as low as your belt buckle? You crazy man? No. The reason for that is the way to make more leaves on a peach tree is to make it have a real open center. And the way to make it have limbs that spread out wide at about three feet from the ground is to cut it off right there at belt buckle height. Buds that are below that point will send out limbs that will go outward about two feet and then upward about six feet. Give you a nice open center, give you a lot of nice leaves and a lot of nice peaches. And that's what you want. So, uh, about 10 foot apart? I think 10 feet is fine. 10 to 15. 10 to 15 is fine. Between the trees? Uh, between the two peach trees, yeah. And, that, and the two peach trees will be good? I, I mean, think you'd be fine, yeah. But remember, too, Eric, and I got to let you go here, but you got to spray peaches in Georgia with something either organic or inorganic. I don't care. But you have to be regular about spraying because otherwise you get brown rot, curculio, all the uh, stink bugs and everything else that loves peaches just as much as you do. So keep that in mind before you plant the trees. Somebody has got to be out there spraying about every 10 days or so to get a good peach crop each year. Keep that in mind, Eric. It's 818. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Per expect sunshine today. It's going to be a perfect afternoon for gardening. Mid-60s this afternoon, mostly clear tonight. 
Not much chance of rain. No, there's not. Upper 30s is the predicted temperature this evening. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes. Don't forget, tomorrow is Sunday. Your Atlanta Journal-Constitution Sunday issue is going to have a report on how political frontrunners managed to capture so many Georgia voters. How did that work out? We've got a lot of questions about that tomorrow, AJC Sunday edition. Let's go to Jerry and Ella J. You're on News Talk WSB. Jerry, good morning. Uh, good morning, Walter. This is uh, Jerry, a long-time listener and first-time caller. That's easy, Jerry. How can I help? My question is uh, concerning uh, a tree that was introduced to me as a cucumber tree, and the way I ran across it, uh, this old lady was out there. I say old lady. <laughs> I was just about to say, probably, be careful right there. Bit, she was probably a little bit younger than me so uh-huh you're an old guy jerry go ahead <laughs> and uh yeah she was um picking up the leaves these leaves the only way i can describe them uh, walters uh it's if you were looking at a magnolia leaf and it was about 18 inches long yeah. and there was only a few of them she was picking up she had probably five or six leaves to pick up if you were and, uh, if you were I forty it, if you were forty years younger, Jerry, you would say that leaf was ginormous because they're big, big magnolia leaves. And, well, now what I'm describing is this: this is a cucumber tree. The lady yeah, told me it's still and a magnolia. Very, very. Uh, oh, so you okay? What are you saying? I'm I'm saying that what you have is called a deciduous. Magnolia. You know the word deciduous. It means the tree loses its leaves in the wintertime. And, of course, I, I know you already know what a southern magnolia looks like. It's evergreen, big glossy green leaves. And so that's a evergreen magnolia. But deciduous magnolias, there are four or five that grow very well in Georgia, native uh, to Georgia. There's the cucumber tree or cucumber magnolia, some people call it. as ashes magnolia. There is the uh, big leaf magnolia. That's the eared magnolia. <laughs> anyway, there are a bunch of these deciduous leaf-losing magnolias in Georgia. Most of the time, they're not going to be huge. They'll be 30 feet tall, maybe. And uh, the leaves on them, as I described it earlier, ginormous. They'll be at least 18 inches long and probably 10 or 12 inches wide. They have seed pods, and this is where it gets its name, seed pods that look sort of like a cucumber. Okay, call it cucumber tree, cucumber magnolia. Maybe that's what it is. And there are other deciduous magnolias that are blooming right now. Jerry, you've probably seen the saucer magnolia, the star magnolia, have the big purple and sometimes white star-shaped flowers on them. They're blooming right now, and they're another kind of deciduous magnolia. Got it? All right, I got to get out of here. It's 828 at News Talk WSB. Mickey Gasway, the Pike Pick of the Weekend, comes up at the 835. Stay tuned. We'll have that right after news. Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 
836 on a Saturday morning, 39 degrees outside. It's rapidly warming up. It's going to be a beautiful day. And look out for the traffic helicopters above Pike Nursery because there will be lots and lots of people there today getting their plants, getting their advice that they get from the great people at Pike, one of whom, Mickey Gasaway, joins us right now. Hey, Mickey. Hey, how are you? Is this not the most beautiful day? It's getting real close. Perfect. Real close to the most beautiful day. It sure Absolutely. is. Absolutely. So nice. It is. I went to, one of the things that, again, I've said this many times, one of the things I really love about Pike is the knowledgeable people who are there. And I went to Pike and got me a great big bag of perlite and some other stuff and asked questions of your protege, Annie, at the Tuckle oh, Hill sure. store. And she was just awesome. I really Isn't appreciated she talking she to her. She is so sweet. Mm-hmm. So, smart but girl. we don't care about smart people. What we care about is saving 20%. That's exactly what we and want we to do. And we can do that today on Laura Pedlum. Laura Pedlum, great shrub. It fabulous shrub. It is a great shrub. Laura Pedlum, for those who didn't quite get all the syllables there, L-O-R-O-P-E-T-A-L-U-M, Laura Pedlum. French flower. French flower. Yeah, Good, better name for it. French flower yeah. is what they call it. It's related to, and I, I, I don't know why I didn't think about this, but it's related to witch hazel, and the bloom looks like a witch hazel. Yeah, sure, little strappy but, little flowers. Yeah, pinkies, yeah, it's real real showy, and it come, and comes in uh, that bright, hot pink, and it also comes in a, uh, a, in a white. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got the 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 dark red um, leaves on it, on the pink ones, and the green leaves on the white ones. And one of the things to note about Laura Pedlum is that nowadays there are several varieties of different sizes, and some people like tall ones, little yeah. ones, short ones, dwarf ones, weeping ones, and that means that you can use them in many, many situations where you need... It's, Evergreen is sort of not the right thing because it's sort of I ever purple semi, sometimes. I think semi-evergreen. And semi-evergreen. Right. But it, many of the right. forms have purplish, purplish-reddish leaves on them, which is pretty throughout the year, whether oh, it has yeah. flowers or not. Great shrub. Yeah, they are pretty, pretty, pretty. And uh, when you see those hot pink flowers, as you described, Mickey, in the springtime, boy, they will cover that thing up. They will. A lot of times people at a distance think they're azaleas. Yeah. They'll say, I see yeah. these azaleas, and I know that's what it is. Um, and then they bloom a little bit throughout the summer. So all you have to do, you want 20% off of a great shrub, go to Pike Nursery, run up to the counter with your 10, 15, 20 maybe, and tell the cashier, today this is the Pike Pick of the Weekend, and you get 20% off on every Laura Pedalum in your cart. That's exactly right. If you had any advice about how to plant them, what would you say, Mickey? Well, I think they like organic soil. They like acidic soil, so they're happy here. Yeah. And um, fertilize them. Use them. Eat mature start when you plant them, and then you fertilize them. Usually in April, once they're established, in April and again in June, and they will just do great for you. Let's go you back. You can prune on them, or you don't have to prune on them. I, I don't like to see them pruned like a a meatball. I can't no, stand that. No, but some people like that. And if you like it, if you're a man, because men like to make meatballs. Oh, Mickey! They do. That like is to a make generalization, you know, a sexist comment. Who are you, Donald Trump? No. I've never seen a woman make a big ball out of a shrub, but men do. Okay, you have a point there. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back a little bit then. You said it okay. likes an organic soil. What do you mean when you say a plant likes an organic soil? They like to add something to it besides just the clay, something that can decompose in there. I like the soil conditioner, which is ground pine bark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could use a little peat moss. You could use... Um, Mushroom compost, you could use something like that in okay. there. I, I like the ground part, pine bark. That's what I use. Because I think in my case, it just stays in the soil longer and doesn't decompose so fast. It does, and it opens up the soil so it can grow better. Any classes coming up? 
Uh, not, uh, today we've got one on lawns. So that will be 9 o'clock. Get o'clock. out there. So if everybody. you want to have the prettiest lawn on the block, you need to come to Pike. So you need to get in your car right now and come. And Pike has great lawn care products. You've got Pike Pre-Emergent, Pike uh, Weed Killers, uh, Bonide, Bayer. I know you have a lot of things to take care yeah, of lawns, got, fertilizers. Yeah, we a little sheet that we can hand out that tells you what to do every, every month. You're awesome. That's exactly yeah. what you need. Smart people at Pike Nursery, and that's where you go to take the guesswork out of gardening, I believe would be a motto I've heard before. That's very good. I think I've heard that. <laughs> Mickey, it's great talking to you. 20% off all Laura Petalum shrubs today, and they are an awesome plant. If you need hedging, need a foundation plant, that is what you need. Laura yeah, Petalum. Be sure and read the label to see how big it's going to get, you know, so you don't have to cut it back. Right, exactly. So like crepe myrtles as well. Same deal. Right. Mickey, it's great talking to you. Where will we find the location of the lawns class and the Laura Petalum sale? At pikenursery.com. Mickey, I'll see you next Saturday. See you soon. See Bye. you soon. It's 841 News Talk WSB. Laura is in Mableton, Georgia. Enjoys the Solana Garden. Yes, good morning, Walter. Hey, um, Laura. I would like to know what's the best mulch for the veggie garden? Ooh. I will tell you what I use and I'll tell you why I use okay. it. Okay. I use wheat straw. Oh. Now, that is not pine bark, it's not pine straw, it's not chips, it is wheat straw. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I read an article. Mm, a long time ago about some research that had been done in China where they found that wheat straw was one of the best mediums, and this is going to scare you a little bit, but this is one of the best mediums for the growth of a good spider population. Mm. Now, oh man, oh, why do we want spiders in the garden? Because spiders are one of the best predators in the garden, and you can cut down on the amount of insecticide you use in your garden if you have a lot of predators, beneficial oh. insects. And even though a spider is not really an insect per se, Spiders do a lot of good eating aphids, and they are mobile, so they crawl around on the plant and eat things that are eating your plants. That's why I use wheat straw. Oh, won't the spiders be dangerous for me then? There's what two spiders are poisonous in Georgia, which one of those two is rarely even ever seen in Georgia. The black widow spider do not like straw, never, no. Black okay. widow spiders are much more likely to be underneath uh, a log or in a <laughs> cinder block or something like that. Mm -hmm. Brown recluse spiders are rarely even seen in Georgia, although a lot of people call barn spiders brown okay. recluse, but they're not. Barn spiders just are brown, and eh, people call them brown recluse, but they're not. So there's, to my experience, there's never any danger. You may see these little... Two-legged or two-two-eyed uh, spiders that are pretty fast that move around in the straw in my in my garden, but they are no harm at all. They don't bite people. They don't crawl up your legs. They just mm -hmm. sort of skedaddle out of the way when you walk into the garden, and they look around for something to eat. And is ten ten okay for fertilizing? Yeah, if you want to, but Laura, you smart enough to know that a soil test would be a good way to start a garden. Okay. So yeah. georgiasoiltest.com would okay. get you started in the right direction on that. But if you don't have time, 10, 10, 10, something similar would do fine. Thank you, Walter. Great talking to you, Laura. Okay, bye-bye. We got who's coming up next? Chad. Chad's out in Roswell, Georgia. He joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chad. Good morning. Hey, Walter. What's up? I uh, got two quick questions for you. I have a Beautiful 4,000 square foot Empire Zorza yard. Yeah. And I real mow it, real mow it every year. It looks fantastic. My two questions are with all the rain, I'm getting some bare spots. Uh, should I put some sand or something in there uh, before the, uh, in the springtime to make it grow better? Um, I'll tell you something better than sand. How about that? All right. If you got, is the bare spot there just, why do you think the bare spot is there? Let me ask you that first, Chad. 
it, it, why is it why is it bare there? Is it in the shade or is it a place where water accumulates? Yeah, I've got I got one tree in my front yard. It doesn't get as much sun as the rest of the yard, yeah. and it's got a few bare spots. And yeah. I've seen you know some people advertising on the radio about coming up with sand in there, leveling it out, and things of that nature uh, to, to grow the grass better. And I just want to know if that's uh, what would you suggest in that situation? I would suggest you have less uh, shade. Because shade is what's causing the bare spots, not whether it's level or not. Yeah, okay. I just like I got that one tree in my yard. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm not gonna cut it down. You like, so you like your tree. No argument here. You like the tree. Honestly, yeah. your best bet, frankly, would be to mulch underneath the tree or to plant some azaleas or some mahasas or some something or other that ferns maybe that like living under the shade of the tree and just move the edge of the lawn outward a little bit so that it gets more sun and the bare spots will take care of themselves in the sunshine because the grass can grow there. But if yes, you sir. just want to know, when I said I have something better than sand, all right, here's the better than sand answer. Just a minute ago, Mickey Gasway was talking about using um, um, soil conditioner, the ground pine bark. And if you take ground pine bark and, let's see, the bag's coming about two cubic foot bags, get a wheelbarrow and mix one bag of ground pine bark, which you can get from Pike, and some milorganite, which is uh, the composted sewage sludge stuff. And you mix about about a quart of milorganite into a wheelbarrow load of this, uh, of this uh, ground pine bark. And that, as a leveling compound, you can add sand if you want to, about uh, another quarter uh, about a quarter by volume, I guess, of sand would be about right. So what you're looking for is a nice, loose, organic, enriched material, and that's what you're getting. Milorganite is the enrichment. Loose and organic is from sand and the ground-up pine bark. And use and that as a leveling compound in the holes that you see in the sun. Can I get that milorganite at uh, Pikes? I guarantee it. I saw it the other day. Hi. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one more quick thing. This is my more important question. I've, my yard is beautiful, and I've got a mold problem. They are yeah. absolutely destroying my yard. It's yeah. got to be all out war on these things. Yeah. And, and, and I wonder what's what you. How can I get rid of them? I know with a real lawnmower, you get those strips when you go across the tunnel and you go down the tunnel, and the moles uh, where they <laughs> raise the ground up. A miserable animal. Um, if you want to, if you're a type A personality, Chad, then you can buy traps and you can buy um, mole gummy worm poisons and you can a couple more things that will kill a mole for sure. The whole problem is figuring out where the mole is going to be next because some of those tunnels they'll never use again. Some of those tunnels you go across with the mower and see it and that mole will never be there again. You can set a trap there for 365 days and the mole will never come again. How do you predict where they are? Very difficult because the moles have woken up from their summer or their wintertime hibernation, let's call it. And so they're hungry. Gosh dog, they got all those grubs to eat, they got earthworms to eat, they got all those things and they're just tunneling through the yard looking for something to eat. And if you want my personal opinion, Chad, the best way to treat them is to get out there with a big two foot, uh, two big feet and tennis shoes on and just stomp down the tunnels and mash the ground level again so your mower doesn't make those strips anymore. Hire a teenager to do it if you want to. But if you drive the mole out of your yard into Dave Baker's yard, then too bad for Dave Baker, okay for Chad. All right, Walter. Thank you very, very much. All right. Good talking to you, Chad. And that, you know, quite honestly, a lot of times, if you change the environment of an animal, move them over to someplace in the woods or in the landscape, well, we're not going to say about your neighbor next door, but if it went to your neighbor next door, then they can move it to the neighbor next door to them 
Hopefully the mole will get tired of traveling and will go someplace that his tunnel doesn't get stomped out all the time. But I promise you, trying to figure out where a mole is going to be and where to effectively put the poison worms or the traps or anything else, or trying to poison the whole lawn with insecticide, that doesn't work particularly well either. Stomping down the tunnels works like a charm. It's 848. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Run away here with me. Lost And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. I got three words. You're not here today. They will be dreary, cold, or wet. Three words you will hear today. Sunny, warm, and dry. Highs this afternoon in the low 60s and overnight in the upper 30s. The most accurate forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Christine McDonough comes up right this very minute on the air. Hey, Christine, good morning. Good morning. How good can morning. I help? And listen, I got to agree with Mickey. She, uh, she's right about men like to cut those drugs. <laughs> I have a real hard time with my husband doing that. Look anyway, out. Um, okay, I planted uh, several fruit trees, um, and they're up in, in what you, we used to use as a pasture. Mm-hmm. And uh, the deer keep, the trees are growing, but the deer keep coming and uh, getting yeah. the fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you could put a little fence up around them, and I'm planning on doing that, but how far away from the tree should I actually make that fence? Mm, ten feet. Ten feet? What? You want the answer or you want oh me to make up God. something, Christine? <laughs> I might well fence off that whole section then. All right, you might as well. It might be more cost effective to do that. Okay, and so how I know they can jump high, so how but I figure they're not gonna be jumping that, but how high should I make it? That's the reason I said ten feet. You okay. don't know what's going in the back of my head here. Okay. One of the things that deer do not like is the inability to figure out how they're gonna get back out of something once they jump into uh, it. Uh-huh. If you make a fence ten feet away from the trunk in all directions, the trees in the middle, fence is 10 feet away, make the fence. And honestly, Christine, you can do it with chicken wire. You can do it with that plastic deer netting you can buy pretty cheaply. But as long as it's about six feet high, the deer are going to say to themselves, you know, I like those apples over there, but man, how am I going to get back? How am I going to get a running start to get over yeah. the fence to get out of here? I'll go somewhere else. And like I said a while ago, as long as you move an animal to somebody else's apple trees and property, eh, you don't so much care. Yeah. So about 10 feet away, 8 feet maybe is fine. It does not have to be chain-link fence. I mentioned chicken wire or the plastic deer netting would be fine as well. Make it sturdy so if they press against it, it doesn't uh, give way too much. This is the same area. Several years ago I called you about a donkey eating my magnolia. Yeah, exactly. They came back. Darn those donkeys. No, oh, the magnolias. The donkeys and the magnolias came back. <laughs> it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling, Thank Christine. You. Bye-bye. It's 858 at News Talk WSB. What a great Saturday morning. Actually, fastest screen calls like the champion she is. Scott Max wrote with some fabulous copy for the weather reports this morning, as well as choosing beautiful music. Every Saturday is a great Saturday as far as I'm concerned. We'll be here with another edition of Lawn and Garden next Saturday. Go to our website, WalterReeves.com, for more answers if you didn't get your question answered today. Pike Nursery, where you take the guesswork out of gardening. We'll be back next Saturday, another edition of Lawn and Garden. Stay tuned for Dave Baker, the Home Fix-It Show, straight ahead.